Before we begin our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on. For Cass, it's the Borogagal people, and for Haley, it's the Durawal people. Drag me out. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Drag Me Out Official. I'm Cass. I'm Haley. And we're just going to talk shit for the next God knows how long. So how was your week? What'd you do? Got my legs waxed. Went to a funeral. That's pretty much it. Though Those were the two big things that I did. Oh, and I went to Big W to get the storage containers, and then I ended up spending more money than I probably should have. Always. Always happens. Mm-hmm. So what did you do this week? Mm, nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, I did spend quite a bit of time editing last week's episode just because it was over two and a half hours, so I had to cut that down. That pretty much took up the first part of my week. Yeah, not not much. Wasn't very productive. Well, you got the episode out, so there's your production. Exactly. There's your production. We shall start by talking about Technically our favourite subject, but at the same time not. Mm. Food. Food. What did you do? What'd you eat? Did you eat anything new? Okay, so I did. It's not anything particularly great, but as we spoke about earlier, it's hard to find things when you're out and about and it's hard to find healthy things, especially that don't contain lettuce. So I was next to McDonald's and my son wanted McDonald's so I was like, okay, so we go in and I usually get my three-piece nugget meal, sweet and sour sauce, happy meal because I want that toy. And he turns around. He couldn't have been I, – I think I have socks older than the dude who served me. And he's like, we don't have any nuggets. And I was like, how can you even call yourself a McDonald's? How can they not have nuggets? Well, the delivery truck was sitting in one of the lanes for the drive through so I'm assuming that they coming in so whatever i was like okay i'm gonna do it give me a cheeseburger no onion no pickle and and i ate it it was glorious yep and yeah no i didn't have any adverse effects i just i chopped it in half ate um half of it and then i was like i can eat the other half didn't Hmm. you're not very big no and i didn't end up eating the chips i just had that and I think maybe maybe two mouthfuls of drink. And I was like, okay, I'm over this now. Right. But, yeah, uh, if I had another option, I would have taken it. But I had no nuggets. It's like so that, that time, a couple of times I've gone to KFC pre-surgery mm. and um, I've gone to order and they go, oh, we're out of chicken. And I go, <laughs> it's KFC. <laughs> C. The C stands for chicken. And they go, Oh, but we can give you chips. And I went, well, that starts with a fucking C2. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, maybe you should put a sign up before people start going into the drive through because then I felt compelled to buy chips and I wanted the three-piece feed. Well, obviously this McDonald's was like due for its delivery because they didn't have frappes, they didn't have milkshakes, they didn't have whatever it is that normally goes out. I think they had no apple pies or something. Some lady wanted an apple pie. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Yeah, right. Um, be like a normal person. Get an apple pie with a McFlurry and shove it in there. 
yeah, so I think, yeah. But anyway, that was my option. I had it. I'll try not to have one again unless it's because I do like nuggets. Nuggets just get me over the line. But yeah, so that was what I ate this week. Did you try anything nice. else? Um, did I try anything new? Oh, I tried one thing. I tried something really, really bad, but because it, this week was a kind of a blowout because of the funeral and everything, I had a caramel donut. I didn't need it all. I had like three <laughs> bites of it. And I was like, mm. I'm not a huge donut fan in general. So, well, it was there. And I was like, um, I should, I think it was like two bites and I was done. I was like, before you come for us, yes, we understand that this is how we got in this predicament in the first place. But sometimes when you've got no option, something is better than nothing because you feel very lightheaded. And like we spoke about last week, you eat like 10 times a day, but it's small meals and because you need it because otherwise you just feel very faint. And the, the hunger pang is almost to the point of excruciating sometimes. So I haven't had like hunger hunger pains like that today i think i experienced dumping Mm -hmm. but i only lasted about half an hour and it wasn't because of what i ate i think it was because of how much i ate okay okay usually dumping is because of what you eat not necessarily okay then maybe not i was just i was in a lot of pain like my stomach sort of tensed up and i couldn't straighten Mm-hmm. So I think it, it was like trying to stretch it a little bit, I think. Right. right. What we were talking about earlier about not trying to stretch our stomachs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah. other thing is also, and they can come for us if they actually want to, but I think I said in one of the earliest episodes that we, we've done, you can, and I was actually reading it again today, you can, you, you can't deny yourself the bad stuff. Because if you do, then all you will crave is the bad stuff. And then Mm. you'll go, fuck it, I'll just have a Kit Kat or I'll just have a Mars bar or whatever it is. And then that turns into a, you know, a Mars bar for a snack. And then later on in the afternoon, like a Turkish delight for a snack and all of that other stuff. And I'm speaking from personal experience because I did it two days ago um and felt like crap after it so i i learned that lesson and then as i said the caramel donut thing it was it was there and i wasn't near and this is what we were saying like i wasn't near anything mm. but i thought i just I, I i needed something and i didn't have it's hard to find snacks though that you can take with you everywhere like i'm not a huge fan of muesli bars i never have been and they're dry yeah. Yeah, they're really dry and, like, heavy because yeah. they're stuck together. Mm. So maybe that's something that we need to look at is, like, snacks that we can actually take with us. So what burst your pancreas this week? Now, sent you a message so I wouldn't forget it and I didn't forget it, <laughs> okay? This was triggered by the funeral that I went to today for uh, – not today – Uh, earlier this week for my uncle this and I cannot stress enough did not happen at this funeral to my knowledge okay right and I was like looking around the room a little bit so uh I've seen it a couple of times on people's Facebook Instas all of that other stuff 
And I went to a funeral about five or six years ago and I actually watched this happen and I was quite disgusted. And everybody was wondering why I was disgusted, but here it is, okay? People who take selfies at funerals or on their way to funerals or on their way after funerals, selfies should not be taken at a fucking funeral. I agree. Like it is a disgusting, disgusting, disgusting act to do. Taking a selfie, like it's after the funerals happen and you're at the wake and everything. And the last, the funeral that I went to about five, six years ago, right? They were standing there and they're all like standing around. And the person who was actually grieving, the partner of the person who died, they were getting her in on the selfies as well. It's like, oh, we know your husband just died, but you know, here. Let's remember this day forever. (laughs) Like, whatever happened to fucking human decency? Whatever happened to your mourning the death of a person and it's a somber occasion? I mean, some occasions aren't somber and some people are like, thank fuck they're dead. Or the person is like, I don't want you to grieve and be sad and all of that. I want it to be a celebration of my life when I go and that's great and everything. But this funeral in particular was not a celebration because the guy committed suicide and they were the friends of the bereaved quote unquote widow were taking selfies. They're, they're, they're standing there taking fucking selfies. What the hell is wrong with human beings these days? You don't take selfies at a funeral. What, what, what is the matter with you people? Has society declined so much that there is not one event that does not have to be captured. Like, what the fuck? Don't take selfies at funerals. Like, have some common decency. Have some respect for the families who are grieving and, and the people who knew them who are grieving and all of that. Don't take fucking photos. What is wrong with you? Fuck you and your fucking camera. Next time I go to a funeral, which hopefully won't be for a long time, but next time I go to a funeral and I see that, I'm going to fucking photobomb every single fucking one of those fucking selfies. As soon as I see that fucking camera go up and they start taking the photos, you're going to see my fucking ugly face in the background doing this. <laughs> like, seriously, what is wrong with people? Why? Why would you take a photo of yourself at the funeral? I don't get it. Like the next thing you're going to see is all of these people like fucking over the casket like this going <sighs> with like the viewing of the dead body. Like, oh, <laughs> Just one more for the road, mate. <laughs> oh, no, the light wasn't very good. You're looking pale. He's fucking dead. <laughs> And it triggered, like, as I said, it didn't happen. And if it happened, I didn't see it. And it it did not happen at my uncle's funeral, thank the Lord. However, had it have happened, pretty sure that you would have looked at Mm news.com.au or the front of the paper the next day and there was just going to be some kind of, like, mass beating of human beings. Like, have (laughs) have some respect for the dead and have some, like, have some dignity for yourselves. Like, fuck, not everything is a selfie occasion. I go places and someone goes, did you take photos? Because if you didn't take photos, it didn't happen. And I'm like, I don't think to take fucking selfies when I'm at a concert. I don't think to take selfies, blah, 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 blah. But I feel it's 
a generational thing too. Like we didn't grow up. I didn't get a phone till I was like 14 or 15. You would have been a 20s. little bit older. 20s. Um, yeah. So, and even then there were the shitty ass little phones that you'd be lucky to get any sort of photo on it anyway. So it wasn't, it really wasn't, it hasn't been in my head. Oh, you know, take a photo. I always get reminded to take photos or, oh, you should take a photo. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like no worries. But yeah, usually but I just funeral? like being there. But at a funeral? No, not at a funeral, but I'm just saying What kind general. of an occasion do you, why do you need to, you know what I mean? Like why do you need to keep a memory of that? I don't understand. Because usually when you go to a funeral, they have a photo of the person, but like they're all standing around taking photos and fucking selfies and like piece off. Man. Anyway, what burst your pancreas this week? Mine's similar, but mine's more of an experience I had. And it's still when I think about it, burst my pancreas. Like it, it was a wedding. So I'll set the scene. This is going to be a long story. I'll set the scene. So my husband was supposed to come with me to the wedding. It was a work friend of mine that got married and he couldn't go at the last minute. I think he started a new job, so he couldn't get the time off and he didn't want to piss them off. So I was like, okay, whatever. That's all right. I'll take another work friend who still mutual friends. So it's not weird. And she would have been invited if the numbers had added up, like he, you know, he only had a certain amount and I was like, okay. So I took Victoria, shout out to Victoria. She was great date. But at this point I was 38 weeks pregnant. So we drive an hour and a half to stay in this shitty little cottage with two of our other friends um, who stayed with us. And they got the big bed, which is fine. I got the single bed. Victoria got the other single bed. Mind you, we show up to this little hotel that we paid. Oh, we didn't pay that much for it. Like if we if we didn't split it, we would have. But when we got there, it was like a little cottage. The <laughs> we we bought drinks like Powerade and stuff, so we put them in the fridge. But as soon as we opened the fridge, it smelled like there'd been ten thousand fish in there, and they'd all died. So we had to close the fridge real quick. And I was like, what the hell, Stephen? Like, what, what's with the fridge? He's like, I don't know. It was like that when we got here. So like, okay. So I go into my room, which you had to go through the boys' room to get to my room to get to the bathroom. And the bed was like if a really fat person sat in the middle and then lied on the edge. That's how it was permanently like that. So I'm 38 weeks pregnant. Do I get a good sleep? No, I do not. However, so we get ready, go to the wedding, and we get there. The ceremony is beautiful. Everything's nice. It's all like it was down in like Kangaroo Valley that way. Like it was. Oh, oh that's beautiful down there. Like nice area. It was this? It was in this oldish hotel, and the weather wasn't great either. So we get through the ceremony. They gave me a present because I hadn't seen them because I've obviously been on maternity leave and I hadn't seen them in quite some time. So they actually bought the present to the wedding, which was lovely of them. And they gave me like a baby present. So I said to Victoria, I said, do you mind if we go back to the car? I want to put this back before the reception. She's like, yeah, sure, no worries. So we go to leave and this lady who will be known as Karen from Kangaroo Valley stops me and she goes, they're about to sign the registry. I don't think you should leave yet. And I'm like, are you stopping me from leaving? Meanwhile, 
four or five people walk in. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll wait, whatever. We had to stand. I was like, whatever. So I went over to stand at the work table because all the work friends were there. And I was like, oh, I really want a drink. And they were over near the door. So I was like, all right, I'll go get a drink. And she's Karen from Kangaroo Valley. We're actually not serving drinks now. And I I look back at my other friend and I'm like, she's holding a drink. But so we're not allowed to have drinks. I'm visibly pregnant. And she's like, no, we're not serving the drinks now. Meanwhile, it's not a drink. It was like you pour it yourself. Like it was just yeah. jugs everywhere. I was like, okay. So the only thing that you can enjoy as a pregnant person, and even you because you don't drink, is the food. So never do your wedding like this. Never do like whatever it is, fish, beef, fish, beef, fish. Never do that. Always put a preference on the preference sheet when Someone ticks, yes, I can come. Yes, I want the beef. So they had, I think it was beef and chicken. And I was like, what are the chances that I'm going to get the chicken? Not in the mood. Anyway, I think the first meal came around and we all did little swapsies. And then the second one, no one wanted the chicken for the reason that I, op- I cut it open and it was still pink. Mm. It's like, it's, it was, I know it was thigh meat, so it could have a little bit of pink to it. But I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I can barely do chicken at the best of times, let alone thigh meat. No, thank you. I saw this waitress walk with a spare beef back to the kitchen. And I turned around to one of the other waiters and I said, could I have that beef that she just walked back there? And he goes, oh, I'll just go, te- just go check. Karen from Kangaroo Valley pops back out again. Sorry, we don't have any beef. That's because she ate it. It's because the fat bitch ate it. <laughs> she, just, she was like, fuck you, that's my dinner. Which is fine because I used to work in catering and if there was leftover stuff. But if a guest requested it, like they hadn't even finished serving yet, so the food was still there, I'm like, she just must hate breeders. That's, maybe, she that's just, maybe she just hated you. But I didn't do anything. If I did something, then you yeah, go ahead. To. You don't need to. She just picked on me. And Karen from Kangaroo Valley, I wouldn't recognize you if I saw your face today, but if I ever go back to that place, she ruined, ruined that night for me because A, I was hungry. And thirsty. And thirsty. B, I couldn't do anything. And there was, C, we're in the middle of nowhere. So there's nothing. There's no food. There's no fast food. Everyone wanted Maccas, but I'm like, it's a 20 minute drive there and back. And I'm not going to be on the front page of news because you two are drunk as two monkeys i don't know if monkeys get drunk but drunk as two monkeys in the back seat playing footsies and i'm gonna crash my little barina and we're gonna get killed on the side of a country road i'm like yeah it's just not worth it unfortunately but other than that i had a nice date victoria was a great date worst wedding experience ever and karen from kangaroo valley i don't even know if it was kangaroo valley but it sounds right you're a fucking mole yeah you're a mole. give her the beef and give her a fucking drink wasn't that beach. hard. And the food Karen was dreadful. Valley. They would have paid like $120 a head. Easy. No, wedding food's not supposed to be nice. I know, but that's the only thing I can enjoy. True. If she would have given me the like, fucking beef. I would, you've got a beef with the fact that she didn't give you your beef. There was one wedding that I've been to and it was the wedding that I really didn't want to go to, mm-hmm. like really didn't want to go to, that 
it actually had the best food and I still rave about it to this day. I go, the wedding was shit and the couple got divorced, which they fucking deserved anyway. But, gee, it was good food. <laughs> it was really, really good food. Even the dessert was good. Like everything, the entree was good, the main was good, the dessert was good. Everybody was satisfied with what they had. It's really good. The bride and groom are fucking assholes and deserve everything that they get. All right, so we're going to do our roast or toast. <coughs> so, yes, um, why? Who wants to go first? I'll go first with Connie and Carla. Okay, so we got you to watch Connie and Carla with Nia Vardalos and Tony Collette and David Duchovny. What do you think of it? So if anyone hasn't watched it, the premise is Connie and Carla are like they're good stage performers, but they're just performing in a shitty area that no one appreciates them. They witness their boss getting killed, so they have to travel to another state to escape these Russian mobsters. Um, They accidentally walk into a gay bar, see drag queens for the first time, decide to go into the contest and pretend to be drag queens who actually sing because all the other drag queens were obviously lip syncing. Everybody loves them, but they still think they're dudes. So they get hired at the club and involve the other drag queens because they don't get paid enough, which is still still happening, not yeah. getting paid enough. They become a hit, and then obviously the Russian boss locates them. David Duchovny, he's the straight brother of one of the drag queens. He's obviously coming to terms with the whole thing. He's a bit conflicted. And then Connie falls in love with David Duchovny, but he's like, you're a dude. And she's like, I'm not a dude. I'm a woman. He's like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe that, even though they both look like women. But anyway, it's like white chicks. Debbie Reynolds, who plays Grace's mum and Will and Grace, is fabulous as usual. She pops up in the end. You know, their their final performance gets busted up by the Russian mobsters and they all think it's part of the performance and then they get arrested and Debbie Reynolds is like, what the hell's going on? And, it, and they're like, have you seen Yantel? And everyone puts their hand up and they're like, it's like that, where Barbara Streisand lied, but she did it for a good cause. And then they start booing them. I think Debbie Reynolds is like, cut it out. I think that's what she, like, just stop it. No, like. it was, no, what had happened was when they had first got jobs, when they got to Los Angeles, they worked at a beauty salon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 The beauty salon people are like, they made me feel like a woman. Mm. So, of course, the show must go on. So they continue with the show after all that. You know, it was okay. I wasn't. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna go straight to the to the roast or toast. I'm gonna give it I was gonna give it one toast, but I'll give it two toasts because of the cast. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I'd watch again. What is wrong? That's your challenge you? to find an older movie that I'll I'll give five toasts to. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like it's Connie and Carla. Come yeah, on. like I can appreciate it, but Alec Mappa is in it. He was in cream. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> that was funny. Peaches and cream. And cream. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? Oh no joy. We've got no joy. I've got no joy. I've been, you know, I'm a millennial. The joy's been sucked out of me. But no joy. Yeah, that'll be a challenge. It might be something I like. <laughs> <laughs> Shit on your business. You technically shit on this one. 
Yeah, anything like under. Yeah, I did. I did, I did mind Elvira, but I feel like and Clue. Yeah, I liked Clue, but I wouldn't watch any of them again. <laughs> I've watched Connie and Carla like seventeen times. I love it doesn't it. surprise me. You don't have a lot going it. on. It's true. <laughs> but I'll probably watch it again this weekend because mm-hmm. I love it. So I made you watch Jumanji. You did every the time first I say one. Jumanji, the first one with Robin Williams. Yep. Yeah. So every time I say Jumanji, I think Jovanchi. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't feel I that you have to give the premise of the movie because I feel that everybody but you has seen it. But you know. probably, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually didn't mind it. I was quite surprised that I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, what made I you like, not want to watch it? It's it's part of that whole like sci-fi fantasy ish genre type thing which really it's just not my thing it's not my bag baby it was like with shark sharknado i had my phone in front of me like looking at stuff mm-hmm. when it first started and, and i went oh i should and once again i went oh i'm reviewing this i should probably put it down and i started to watch it and the first i don't know the first couple of minutes it goes back to like 18 something 1869 or whatever it is yeah and and like they're burying the game and they're like well, what happens if someone opens it and he's like god rest their soul or something and i was like mm, okay there was a little bit of a trigger for me just a little small one and it happens it, it happens in some movies sometimes because i was bullied when i was younger mm-hmm. um oh when and- he gets bullied for his shoes well yeah. when they're chasing him on the bike Oh, okay, yep. And he runs into the shoe factory and his father's like, you know, you've got to stand up to them, like stand up to people and blah, blah, and all of this and, like, sends the kid out to be destroyed. Yeah, not, like, supportive, like, just like, yeah, yeah go, go be a man. Like, that's, yeah. how you, that's how you be a man. Yeah, and that wasn't the trigger. Like, the, the, it wasn't like my mum turned around and said, like, go into a dark alleyway and get yourself beaten up because it'll make you it'll <laughs> help your character. <clears throat> it, like the the trigger of him being like chased and, and beaten up because like that had happened to me. Mm. So I was like, okay. Not that that turned me off the movie. It was just like I every time I see those things, I, I kind of have that quick little like Vietnam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lilith from Frasier's in it. Yeah, yeah. BB yeah. Newworth. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm 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 in now because I love her. And then um, so she's, like, looking after, I'm assuming, sister's kids because the parents had died in a skiing accident, although the daughter lies about when it happens, you know, when the United Nations building blows up and my parents died and stuff. The very young Kirsten Dunst, I didn't like her character at all. They're playing it and there's, like, monkeys and spiders, not drunken monkeys, although they behave like drunken monkeys. (laughs) And there was some effluents and some rhinoceros and all, like all of that. And they're like, we have to finish the game in order to stop all of this stuff. But then there's like a safari game hunter who gets let out of the game as well. And, you know, I mean, obviously the, the CGI and stuff for that time at the time would have been great. But like when you're looking at it with eyes as old as mine now, you're just going, well, that <laughs> That's definitely lion. a spider, honestly. The <laughs> lion doesn't look real and stuff. 
And like I, I, I found myself like going, do you have they like like you know that it's gonna end the way that it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that they're going to finish the game and everything's going to go back to normal and all of this other stuff. But I did like the fact that it wasn't one of those, they finish the game and everything goes back to normal and, like, the aunties none the wiser. Like, they all got caught up in it and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a part of a <laughs> take back to Sharknado when, like, the, the the water had, like, they opened the doors and the water went out and the crocodiles were going out as well and, mm-hmm. uh, like, the, 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 like, BB New Earth and the copper were on doors, like sailing through this, like <laughs> surfing through the streets, and there was a crocodile going between them. And I was like, oh, Sharknado flashback, nice. It all ties in just well. So I I did enjoy it. If it was on TV and I had nothing else to watch and it, I just happened to be flicking and it was there, I'd probably sit and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Right. I will say this though, mm-hmm. for a Robin Williams movie. I, I, everyone, you go into a Robin Williams movie, and unless you know that it's like a drama, you kind of expect some level of funny. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, and I'm going to give it like I'll give it two slices of toast. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Would you watch the sequels? No. Okay. So, what have you got for me this week? Okay, so it's on YouTube, so the picture quality may not be very good. Okay. It's an Australian movie. Ah, uh, yes. It's called Hercules Returns. Okay. So my movie for you this week would be Mean Girls. This is a shout-out to Donna Bellissima. I think you'll actually enjoy it. Trigger warning, a little bit of bullying and emotional abuse. But all right. So moving yeah. on to Drag Race UK. Caught up. I'm caught up to. After last week's debacle where I fell asleep during the first episode, caught up, even watched the third episode today. Yes, I watched episode three today. So we sort of touched on the first and second episode last week. Mm-hmm. I still don't have a favourite. I'm struggling to even I pay have attention. I have one. My Mine would probably be Pixie Polite. Mine's Danny Beard. Mm, no, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no, you know what? First two episodes I wasn't. And then when he had the moment with where he was talking about how he was missing his husband and everything. Oh, um, yeah. And then, he was, okay. and then he was kind of giving the pep talk and everything. I like, I, I just went, yep, 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 yep. I'm good with you. Can we just go, can we go back to, because I didn't really put my two cents worth in last week because... <clears throat> Thank fuck, style, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sorry, but if you're that young, you don't need to take your face that much, right? And you basically looked angry all the time. It was like emo drag queen, right? And then you weren't even very good at covering the face tapes anyway. Like, what did the, what in the hell is wrong with you? And the, and you know what? Shazza was right with the mumbling. It was like, <laughs> and I was like, huh? oh, and then, and then when they did the girl group thing, you're right. She thought she was great. <laughs> she was actually struggling for the dance moves. <laughs> and then it was like, 
something from Westworld was doing the lip syncing. It was like, <laughs> and and then like her lip sync for her life. Like, I, if I was RuPaul, I would have went, "Look, I, I've seen your lip syncing in the girl group challenge. Don't even bother. Get the fuck out of my studio." Yeah, I would not lip sync. You got to be able to perform. You got to be able to. Like we said, it's about adaptability. You can be as pretty as you want, but if you can't perform, why are you there? She has the personality of somebody who's laying in a casket while someone's taking a selfie. So we're on. We're talking about episode three now. Okay. There was a part of me that was really, really hoping that Black Pepper failed spectacularly in the lip sync because I wanted to go on. I don't like Black Pepper. No, I knew she was going to stay. Oh, yeah, but, like, Carrot Top gave it a crack. Is it she gave up. Is it Carrot Top? It's a copper. Copper Top. Copper Top. <clears throat> right. She gave she up did. when she got the bad critiques. Like they were saying okay. to her, like in Untucks, like you need to, you know, get it together. And she's like, yeah, no, no, I'll still fight for it. I'm like, no, you won't. I like Cheddar. I like I Cheddar. Like, I like Cheddar. And you're right because, once again, I watched the episode today, rewatched our episode from last week today for quality purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we couldn't remember if we spoke about celebrity. So I just went to chair. And um, I was watching when you were talking about Cheddar, it um, had the Sasha Velour vibe. Mm-hmm. Or Total- Sasha Velour could have Cheddar gorgeous vibe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's a whole Vivian Ivana Kebab thing. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, there is that vibe and I get that. And I quite like her. I don't know how I feel about baby I'm kind of up and down on baby. I, I don't yeah, because I liked her at the start. She made some shady comments. But you know where I start to like people is when they do the read. Mm. So when the library is open, that's yeah. one of my favorites. And obviously Snatch Game okay. separates the winners from the losers. The Vivian's uh, Donald Trump goes down in history. Yeah. And, and a bag of chips is Margaret Thatcher because they were in the same Alaska Thunderfucks May West. Why don't you fuck me in the ass sometime? When I'm good, I'm very good. And when I'm bad, I get a venereal, venereal disease. disease. Yeah. yeah. Right. And basically anything that Jinx Monsoon does. Yeah. When I rewatched last week's episode, you were like, it's going to take me about three or four episodes to get into it. I'm, I'm in it now. Episode three. Let me took me to episode three. I'm I'm in it. I'm invested now. No. Give me I one more week. Am, I am team Danny Beard, but that could change because I was Queen Kong, team Queen Kong until the attitude came out. But I actually found with Danny Beard, I thought the first episode I went, oh, here we go. And then I'm actually finding that her personality and attitude is actually quite positive. Okay. So I like I like her. I want to like Sminty Drop. I want to, but. Do you think that there may be a little bit of a love thing with Sminty Drop and. LaFil. LaFil. They were on the same team and they were talking and they were talking about, you know, have you been in love and stuff? And she was like, I haven't found anybody to love and like I've had relationships with straight men and blah, 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 blah. And then Sminty Drop kind of goes, well, I think you're beautiful and handsome and sexy or whatever it was that she said. And I was like, oh, could there be a ship of some kind? Le Sminty? We have to talk about celebrity drag race. Celebrity drag race. 
Secret. Celebrity drag race. Well, not so secret. May the best famous person win. So I enjoyed that Poppy Love won. What I enjoyed more is I feel that Chakra 7 thought she won. Yeah. She had this look on her face. Girl, you didn't win shit. And then they're like, Poppy Love. And I'm like, yes. And then I just want to see that split second of her heart breaking. Why don't they love me? I'm (laughs) Chakra 7. They loved me all the way through. What a stupid name. I know, right? Hmm. Poppy Love, but Poppy Love was consistent. Yep. Won the first two weeks, was consistent, always put herself out there, and then when she had to lip sync, was lip sync for her life, jumped down into the crowd, got the crowd involved, getting them clapping, shaking their hands, doing all the Backstreet Boys stuff, then did the great song by the Javinals, sung by the icon that is Chrissy Amplett. I touch myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought she did a great job and I wanted her to win. And this is the second time now that I have got who I wanted to win, who Les Banky Jackson and now Le Poppy Love, L'Amour. And I've actually started following AJ McLean on Insta because I've got a little crush on AJ McLean now. Because he's all about the love. He's all about the poppy love. I love you, poppy love. <laughs> okay. So coming up on today's episode, we actually have a very special guest. He was on season eight of MasterChef Australia. He is a very, very, very lovely man. Jimmy Wong. <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong. It was season eight you were on, right? Correct. What position did you leave the show? I think I was like 16th or something. Like I was, okay. yeah, 16th or, or something. But because the episode or the, 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 the season, um, my sister was actually on it as well. So yeah, we she were was, the first cool. brother and sister to ever get onto any MasterChef. So that story kind of went through the whole season. So mm. did know, she even beat though you? I was physically, she did. Yeah, she did. So um. she actually got to eight. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She was cool. I mean, not that you're not cool, Jimmy, because you are. Oh, okay. She's but, way cooler. <laughs> but she, um, because she's in Canada. She's in Vancouver at the moment, and an actress. So she, just recently, she was um, with Angela Jolie's father, acting in the role or something. Born oh. something born. John Voight. Yeah, Voight. That's it. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so that was a role. Like, I mean, she's had a few roles since, but um, yeah, she does acting now. So. Jimmy's Jimmy's sister could possibly be a gay icon. Yeah, she's amazing. She's- given given the right circumstances, because yeah. like, I don't know I've, if I ever told you, we affectionately refer to Master Chef as "I cook, I cry." <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. Lovely. There were obviously tears and stuff. Jimmy's sister, who oh, Teresa, yeah. She was like solid the whole yeah. way through, and yeah. um, the and further on she got, and came back exactly. Yeah. So who and, won your season? Um, her name was Elena, but Matt, who was um, came second, he's probably more successful. He's opened up a restaurant up in Noosa, and he's on mm. ads everywhere. So Matt, the, 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 the sort of like really steely eyes and those damn earrings everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. He, he's on 
olive oil ads and goodness hell, he's got a like cooking show and everything. Was he like, did he do the steak tartare at one point? Like, yeah, I, I think, think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. So. so I must have watched that season because I only watched like the first couple and then I yeah. recently watched the latest one with yeah. all the fans' favorites. So what yes. aren't you allowed to talk about from them? Like, what- So um, if it was within a year, I can't talk about anything. But because it's We're been so eight years, years down the now, track. I mean, I really don't give a shit, <laughs> to be quite honest. Do okay. they try and make you cry? Um, it, at the beginning, I didn't think so. But because there was my sister and I there, I, I very quickly learned that they were going to put us into situations where we were like, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the thing is, like, we got them because we were very supportive of each other. Everybody writes to us and goes, "Oh my god, you two were just amazing because you're so supportive of each other." Um, well, you were. But, mm. Yeah, but 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 that was that's just what we are, and you know, it wasn't. But they did actually try to sort of um, put us in situations where it's like, "Oh my god, you're both going to be in trouble." You know, one of you is going to go home, or who's the better cook? I'll, I I can give you an example. The the story producers, right? So every time when you sort of see taglines like there was like you know in this sunday's episode you know brother against sister blah 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 in one of the ones that they did they kept on asking me and Teresa, who's the better cook i was like can't answer that we're both equally different we're kind of like different we're both good in our own way we love each other so i respect what she does she respects what i do who's the better cook you know same saying you know it must have been about 20 times they asked us this and then at the very last day of the second week when we were together it's like okay i'm gonna ask you one last time and you want to give me a damn answer who's the better cook and i go okay okay i'm the better cook so it got cut to gary i think asking like seeing Teresa and i gary asking who's the better cook and i happened to be oh i'm the better cook and everybody going <gasps> it's like fuck all in the 20 editing times, after 20 <laughs> times you know i didn't want to say it <laughs> so but, so did, did you have to pressure test against her yeah 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 with pressure like so there's pressure test invention there's also um yeah. mystery boxes there's all sorts of stuff so we do stuff together so pressure test is usually when you're getting into elimination so we did actually yeah. go in a couple of times where we were in elimination together uh, and usually that's going to be a recipe. And that is what I went out on with Nigella. I know. I was going to ask because no, I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't yeah. remember if you went out on the Nigella week. And yeah, you did. Nice. Well, the funny thing is I got top three in the beginning of the yep. week with her. And then I got out in the end. But, but yeah. you know what? As much as I hate to say it, I know they already made up their mind ages ago. So they were going to do anything they did to make it happen. Because we also had time with, you know, Marco Pia White quite a few others and I met Heston as well so it was really nice so it's really nice oh Marco Pierre White yeah I don't care what anybody says he has a the ultimate villain voice yeah like when he's talking you can you just see like Disney villain like yeah in cartoons and stuff and he's he's an amazing cook and I've just been watching him a little bit yeah. He's been doing so some BBC I've got stuff that's on YouTube. Uh, from Marco and I've got um, Nigella's one where they've signed it and did sort of, you know, wishing as well. Had a really nice note from um, Nigella before I left. It was, it was nice. Uh, okay, well then why don't yeah. we take back? Because I, I actually am a Nigella fan. I love her. Yeah. Only because how many women do you know can make a knob of butter sound sexy? I know. She, or that, her that thing. pronunciation so, of Mikrawave. Mikrawave. <laughs> Well, she actually coined, so I did for one dish, um, this ginger, like it's fried ginger. So I basically like, you know, brunoise, not brunoise, but basically just um, 
made strips of, of, of ginger and I fried it and I'm just calling them fried ginger. And she goes, no, no, this is ginger hay. I'm like, oh, I might just use that. Ginger <laughs> hay. <laughs> oh, ginger so, hay. Hi. Ginger hay. Hey. So when it came to the invention boxes. Mystery right. boxes. Uh, mystery boxes. Get it sorry. right. Jesus. Are we recording now? So when it came to the mystery boxes, did they give you a little bit of a heads up or and, and go, it could be 10 of these 25 items absolutely or did you just go in absolutely not. cold and they mm-hmm. went okay kangaroo anus rhinoceros task marshmallow go okay the answer is we had absolutely no clue and they did everything they possibly can to keep it away from us even to the point if you weren't cooking with an invention or mystery box if you were up in the gantry you had to turn around so you couldn't look at them loading it up oh. wow so it's hundred percent. There's two things around that. So basically mystery box had no idea. So as soon as you lifted that box, if you only had 60 minutes or half an hour, you only have half an hour to go and think about what you want to make, go and grab all your stuff, bring all your, your ingredients to the counter, prepare, cook, plate in that time. Wow. See, that's what I couldn't do. So I'm an okay cook, but I can yeah. follow a recipe to a tea. That pressure. Mm. But I couldn't mm. go, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this. I'd be like, eh, spaghetti bowl, anyone? Like, Yeah, no. So the pressure is absolutely there. Um, I remember when Billy, who was one of the winners from the previous season, she I'm came as Billy. one of the first guests. So she came to set the, 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 the mystery box. And I remember I opened it up and I was like, okay, well, first of all, duck. And then there was mushrooms. And then there was like ginger wine. And I remembered there was like Kellogg's cornflakes and then there was like blah, blah, blah. All the stuff I thought, what the heck, beetroot? What the heck am I going to make? Well, that particular one, I actually got top three because I did something which I'd never done before, which was cook duck. So I did it apparently quite well. It didn't do it well at the beginning, but it ended up being really well. I then rendered off the duck fat. I then cooked the um, the, the Kellogg's cornflakes corn in the duck fat. And then I stuffed the mushrooms and then I baked that. And, it, and then just beautiful beetroot and, and fennel. It was absolutely gorgeous. See, I didn't even like duck, but that sounds good. It does. And yeah. once again, it takes us back to the yeah. reason why we had to have the surgery. Exactly. We, we, can't, we can't eat anything. Well, nowadays, it's no, no, no going back for me. I mean, half my job is going and eating. So, so I have, so this is a question that has always gotten to me. Is there? Yeah. Was there one particular, and you don't have to answer it, and if you do, we'll edit it if you want us to. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Was there one particular contestant in your season where you're like, as long as I finish ahead of them, I'm going to be happy? Do you know, okay, I, with, with all of the people don't understand that when the show starts, we've gone through a big process with everybody, even mm-hmm. the ones that didn't make the show. And you got to know their families, you got to know them. You know, we actually still became friends. And I have to say the support that everybody had with each other, whether you're on the show or not on the show, was pretty unbelievable. There was psychology, psychological tests and, and written as well as, you know, verbal, like to meet a psychiatrist, to make sure that we were able to sort of perform under pressure but at the same time that you could handle it and that you worked well with each other. So in some ways, when you sort of say that, was that that competitive side? Maybe, but was it like so damn obvious that like, you know, I I need to beat such and such? Not really, to be quite honest. Did you not like anyone? Yeah. Okay. You don't have to say who. You don't have to say (laughs) who. We just leave it at that. So you live together? Yeah, Yeah, they they do in the house. house. 
Mm-hmm. So it was a six bedroom house and there was about four to six people in each bedroom. Oh, you would have ate really well. Uh, we did, but, but, but you're, you're in studio most of the time. So basically you sort of come, you know, go from home. Uh, you can't leave. You don't have, don't have any phones. You can't have visitors. You can't leave. There's no internet. So basically you get picked up in the morning, go to the, um, to the, to set. Um, you come home sometimes seven, eight o'clock, and then you have to cook. So each room used to take turns in cooking dinner. Um, But when we're on set, it's usually catered. So basically it would just be you guys going and studying recipes or something like that. Like, because, you know, they go, okay, make a cake and I could make a cake, but I'm like, I need the, I need the portions. I'm like, how do you remember the portions? This is the, so um, Teresa, my sister is an, an amazing baker. So she's very, very good with that. So it's not about remembering the ingredients. It's about um, proportion. So mm. one, one part, you know, flour, one part, like X eggs, this amount of, um, this amount of weight and sugar, blah, 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 blah. So she was very, very good at that. So she did help with a couple. One of the main things is that when you're cooking, cook to what you know don't go trying I mean my mistake was I started to do all this like fancy stuff and I had no idea what I was doing um but when you cook to what you know you do much better so basically when you go into MasterChef know something sweet know know something savory that you can actually change around so there was one particular contestant which I won't say who loved panna cotta so it could have been the savory panna cotta or it could be a sweet but because she knew how to make panna cotta everything was panna cotta did she no. reappear in the latest one? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. Because <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing too. Because I'm like, there was a, there were a few panacottas yeah, in that last yeah. lots of panacottas. But 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 the idea is that when you sort of go in, my 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 advice to anybody going and wanting to go into MasterChef and getting on there, just know at least two or three really good savories and two or three really good sweet recipes. Um, and don't forget, you know, we're we're in this house anywhere from like a month to six months you know you've got time to think about it and then work mm-hmm. on it and you learn uh, as you're going through you know the whole thing was about learning to me techniques like you know doing sous vide and stuff like that I had no idea beforehand uh, but I do now and but even afterwards after MasterChef I really sort of took that to another level where I went to lots of different restaurants to learn didn't know how to do like a lot of the sweets and baking so I worked with Reynolds for about three months did some work over at Flower and Stone did some work at Key icebergs just to learn all of that so to know different things because you know to go through this journey and not really get anything out of it I think would be a shame so I wanted to keep learning and this one I'm still in food I love Reynolds he's like my secret crush he is he's amazing I have I have lots of secret crushes on Master yeah, Chef. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna look. It, it was a wonderful thing. I love I them just all. Sort of think, yeah, it, Such it, a it's hole. probably one of the best um, personal development programs you can go on. You know, like we all try to improve ourselves. To know how you perform under pressure, to be able to be creative, to be able to be presenting in front. Like I mean, people say like you're half dying here trying to cook, and people are asking you questions. Judges are asking you questions. How do you answer? Like instead of telling them like mm, read between the lines, get away. <laughs> Would no, like so, if so you asked a, if you asked someone else for help, would they give it to you, sort of thing? Sometimes. Or was, yeah. So my sister and I were fairly good when we were together. Like we did when we so when when you say help, there's only so much you can do because you're 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 doing yeah the same yeah thing. yeah. Um, when I was up in the gantry, there was a few times I think I was helping too much as far as yelling things, you know, getting a little bit emotional. So I was known to be a little bit emotional when my sister was always in trouble or whatever. But um. Uh, when, when, when you say help, yes, support onset, 
as well as upset. So like we, we helped each other learn, you know, we shared some recipes and stuff like that. But as the show goes on a little bit further, competition sort of kicks in and people are a little bit more um, protective over their secret recipes or their techniques <laughs> or whatever. Is it like a house full of like cookbooks? Is it just um, yeah, a house full of cookbooks? And we were able to bring some cookbooks. We just couldn't have a phone or computer or access to anything else. We, we had TV, um, but but if you had cookbooks, there were some that was actually in the house or the ones that you brought in. Okay, right. Hmm. So, why is it that almost every contestant on MasterChef? When you give them the most random ingredient, they're like, yeah, made a dish with it. I got this. Yeah. And it's always something, a lot of the time it's um, an indigenous ingredient. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then it's something really, really random, like shark pancreas. Yeah. And they're like, so there's a lot of very random stuff, but with everything, okay. Things about texture, temperature, and, and flavor pairings are very important. So when I sort of say why that's important, it's very generic, right? So if you know certain, like, like umamis could be like sweet, savory, sour, bitter, and all this other stuff together, you know, that works. Or if you know something that's gonna be a little bit fruitier works, something with a little bit more citrus, that works. So when you're tasting anything, so ingredients is an ingredient itself. Like what I've always loved about ingredients is that how you can take something so basic like an onion and you can go to India because of the way that you sort of treat that or you can go to Italy because of the way you treat that or you can go to China because of the way you treat that. It's the same ingredient. So how you put these combination of flavors together is really important. There is a book called The Flavor Bible, which is fantastic, which really helps you think about the different flavors and how they go together and what could be made. Not that we use that, but when we have challenges like that you've got to really sort of think okay what goes with this like you know if you were sort of saying something like let's say you want to poach a pear do you use star anise do you use you know cardamom do you use what what would you vanilla what, what what would you use in it and to know these flavor combinations is really important because when you get the shark pancreas you sort of think okay you have a little bit of a taste what would go with this and you have a think about that and that's how it starts so right. when you're saying how do you know how to use things it's like we didn't but then when you get something like, let's say if you had like some um, uh, some of those ants, you know, the, the, the preserved ants that you can get from that back. If you had those, it's sweet. So you can actually use that in the way you think, okay, you want something sweet with this. Maybe you could do some kind of a cake that has the ants in it. Or you know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, mm. cake. We love cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I'm sort of saying that, you've got to be creative. And then this is where when you're getting in, it's not called martial master cook it's master chef you got to get in there to be, be a little bit more creative know your flavors know how you actually can put it together and then hopefully you know some techniques that you can use make it a little bit special because you don't want to make an everyday dish because if i started to make like you know a tuna salad sandwich you know people would go Ugh. you know you got to make something different so if you had tuna let's say you would do some kind of a really nice wrist hole with whatever fresh ingredients and like you want to be creative with things you know you could still make a tuna salad sandwich but you're going to be in the bottom three right yeah so is there any one particular ingredient that you had where you just went i just can't do this and i'm just not going to because i know you don't have to use everything in the in the mystery box yeah was there just um, one where you just went no yeah any awful so I've, I like I mean if there's awful I, I'm not I, awful's awful you know mm -hmm. I I just I just don't eat it I don't cook it I don't, I don't enjoy the flavors um, that would be an ingredient I wouldn't use 
but everything else from herbs and spices to vegetables to whatever, I just find it interesting. I don't look at it as like, why is it yuck? When I look at a box or if I look at ingredients or what's in the pantry or in the garden, it's like, what do I want out of this? What, you know, to, to create the flavor, the textures and so forth, you know, because technique gives you flavors and textures. So people do or do not know, but when we're in MasterChef, Sometimes um, all you have is what they call under, pan, under counter pantry uh, items. So that's staples, your milk, yeah. egg, your staples. So it's amazing what we've learned from making with staples. I mean, just to have flour, vinegar, sugar, you know, cream, milk, butter, you can make so much stuff, mm. so much stuff. And then when you start to sort of learn the basics of that, you can create so many things. You know, you can make a pasta, you can make like, you know, you can make a cake, you can make all sorts of stuff with flavors that you get. So um, one of the other things to really learn is what can you make out of staples? Would you go back if they asked you to come back? Um, I probably, look, that's a hard question. I would go back because I would love to go for the experience from, 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 a, um, from a work point of view. I've worked so hard over the last five, six years to build up my photography and also content creation and brand ambassadorship. So I do a lot with some fantastic clients right now. To give that up would be a really hard. And I've spoken mm -hmm. to a few people as well who said the same thing. You know, they've got thriving businesses now. For an experience, yes. Would I go back necessarily? Pro probably not. You know, mm -hmm. not, not because I don't want to, but, but I, I have something that I really enjoy speaking to ladies like yourself, but also, you know, just doing the things that I'm doing now. I, I am so happy right now. The clients that I have are amazing. Like, and, 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 my 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 world is basically around food. The people that's behind food, people that cook food, people that eat food. So you know, there, there's there's a number of angles in which I look at it. But through photography, through content, through you know, doing things like recipes or brand ambassadorship for some of the food brands as well. Um, but I, I love that. You know. So, what advice would you give us who are starting out? doing this not obviously food well we do yep. talk about food a lot but yep. um just sort of yeah starting our business I guess yeah in the journey so whether it's doing podcasts whether it's doing food or photography no the, the the first and foremost thing I think is know what it is that you want to be doing half the time people go in there thinking this is where I think I need to be going or this is what I kind of want to be doing that's not the way really spend the time to know what it is that when you do because when you do it and when you get there it doesn't feel like work Okay, mm -hmm. that's number one. And then the second part is like, what's the thing? It's just basically do what you love and keep doing it as best as you can. Whether you get the traction from engagement or followings, or it doesn't matter because cream always floats to the top. You just keep doing it and then eventually it will get there. And this is what I was saying, five years has taken for that damn cream to get up there. And it's really getting up there at the moment. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've been doing it and slogging it out as much as I could. And now I'm at a point where I'm really, really happy with, like I said, the clients that I have. I think for anybody that's looking to doing this, um, you know, one of the main things is know what it is that you want to be doing and just keep doing it and follow that. Because there's going to be people that you come across along your way that will either recommend or do other things to help you on that journey when you know what it is that you want. And second of all, when you actually have the opportunities for exposure, you then can actually do a call to action and come buy my book, come read my come read my book or come watch my my series or come listen to my podcast or come 
you know, use my photography. There's going to be things that when it's top of mind, it's almost like putting it out in the universe when you kind of know what it Manifest. is that you want. Yeah, yeah. You just basically keep going, um, do your best and just, you know, have integrity, in my opinion, have integrity with what you do because you, you will get there. Oh, that's good advice. Thank you, Jimmy Wong. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know, and play poker in the meantime. Yeah, and play poker in the meantime. Exactly. So um, I, Jimmy and I had a little bit of a chat earlier this morning and I gave him a little tiny bit of a challenge. It wasn't anything monumental for the uh, bariatric part of the pageant, mm -hmm. um, which was I said to him, I said, do you have any recommendations for food, as in a recipe for High protein, low fat, that can be done in small portions. Okay. High protein, low fat, done in small portions. Well, there's lots you can do. You know, and first right. of all, you look at the things that you have to work with. Like chicken is protein and it's a great mm -hmm. one. I, I, I always call chicken the universal meat because depending on who you're talking to, people who do eat protein or meats will usually eat chicken. Like some people don't eat lamb, some people don't eat beef, blah, blah, blah. So chicken and some people don't eat pork. So chicken is the universal meat. The other things that you look at, I love a lot of Asian flavors and things like, you know, edamame is high in protein. You've got quinoa that's high in protein. So using just those three things, I would do like a quinoa and edamame salad with a teriyaki chicken. And it is absolutely simple. And the reason why you can pre-marinate your, your teriyaki chicken, you can mm -hmm. cut up to the portion that you want. You can already have your quinoa salad because it keeps for quite some time and edamame to scoop out what you need, make dinner or lunches for the next three or four days in one go. And if you want the recipe for a good teriyaki chicken, just go to jimmywongeats.com and yeah. there'll be a recipe section in there for a great um, teriyaki chicken. Oh. Nice. Because you could you could salmon that too. You could salmon that. You could do so much. I have in that recipe is also a salmon version. <laughs> so delish. So basically oh. what I'm trying to say is does cooking doesn't need to be difficult. You know, it needs to be fairly simple. Uh, and but at the same time, okay, as you said, protein. Um, for me, I want flavor and something that's easy to cook and that you can portion out. Th mm -hmm. This is something that's so super duper simple. I just spat. <laughs> well, see, there you go, Hayley. Oh, I'm so excited. You know? <laughs> <laughs> see, there you go, Hayley. Nice and easy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Simples. just not on. I'm not on chicken at the moment. Um, yeah, but you've, you can, you've. Mm -mm. I'm beef. Yeah. Strictly beef. beef at the moment. Look, tofu it then. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's just I, I'm hit and miss with chicken. Sometimes it's good. This, sometimes it's. This is for other people, okay. normal people on bariatric, not for you. Yeah, <laughs> it is no, about beef, me. Yeah, but with beef, okay. there's also a really good Thai beef salad. That you can Ooh, make too. Yeah. It's a really fantastic one. And basically, do a nam gin sauce, toss that together with some um, really nice um, um, salad, and there you go. Okay, I'm going to make that and I'll tag yeah. you in it. Okay. Yay. On to the other portion of our pageant, as Cass likes yeah. to call it. What would your drag name be? My drag name. Well, that's very different to the porn name because, like, when we were kids, it's like, you know, what your, your porn name was basically um, your first pet's name and the street you were living on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, my drag name would be, oh, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one too. I mean, I'm not going to think of a million, but like, I mean, right now, what would my drag? 
I don't know. I mean, probably Barbara. <laughs> I mean, how boring is that? Barbara. I think you could actually make something. I think you could make something out of Jimmy Wong Eats, actually. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could too. What would you make it? Hmm. Well, if we're going, okay, so I, okay, so if we're doing the whole like porn name or whatever it is, well, I'll, I'll tell you hats. the porn name. Hold, hold your hats because mine is Butch Streeton. <laughs> <laughs> well, Such mine, a Butch Streeton. My, my porn name would have been, um, and uh, this is not about porn, uh, Dixon Fuller. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that's your drag name too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Or Fuller Dixon. I'm sorry, but it's, <laughs> Fuller, oh, that'd be yeah, that, that's yeah. a better one. Fuller, Fuller Dixon. Fuller Dixon. <laughs> so also uh, Jimmy Wong, because yeah. um, I affectionately refer to Jimmy as Jimmy Wong all the time. Yes. Um, you also became the recent proud parent. I did. Of a beautiful French bulldog. Um, his name mm -hmm. is Max. He is mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous, but he's gone from this teeny tiny thing to now like massive. He's mm -hmm. like we got him at about 2.8 kilos. He's about four and a half months now, and he's about eight kilos. He's wow. huge, much wow. bigger. And there's all the parent, like dog parenting things that I didn't really prepare myself for, from toilet training to whether you let them sleep in bed to, you know, the walking to crate training to actually being able to leave them at home. I mean, you know, it's it, it, a lot of those things. In my mind, I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to go for these beautiful walks. I'm going to have this obedient little dog and it's going to do everything I ask. It's going to fetch and it's going to give me a paw. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> it's no. exactly no. the same as having children. Like we've uh, just yeah, had our, we've just had our second one. That and, you know, you go from remembering all those good parts with the first one and then you get to like the shit stage. He's, he's just turned one and he's in a shit stage. Like he's oh, really? just yelling at me he's hitting me with hot wheels tracks he's yeah. just he's a giant monster he's huge yeah. and i'm like oh i don't remember leo being like an asshole and now i have this little asshole <laughs> and then i'll go to my husband like do you want another one he's like fuck no <laughs> <laughs> let me think about that now <laughs> so will you be training little max to sit on the back of your cute little vespa <laughs> Well, we have this, I have it somewhere, but I've got this bag, okay? And he sits in the bag and we, since he was a puppy, because I only have a Vespa and I've sort of scooted around Surrey Hills all, all in this Vespa. And ever since he was a puppy, he always goes in the bag. Now he's a little bit bigger. He still goes in the bag. He sits really calmly um, and we can go to our parks. We can go and get some lunch. We can do all sorts of things. So yes, I will be taking him around. We actually just recently, because I haven't been able to sort of take him off the leash when we go to the park. And we got yep. this really long um, lead. It's like 30 meters. And basically you put it on him, you just drop it on the ground, let him run around. And if you really need to catch him because 30 meters, you'll be able to catch him. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think the $64,000 question is, do you let Max sleep in the bed with you? $64,000 question is yes. Of course, because that's what you do. You know, not only yes, it is the best time when they're calm. You mm -hmm. know, the first week was there was a few oopsies on the bed, but since yep. then, no, there's been no oopsies. Everything's been beautiful, really, really calm in bed. You know, well behaved, and if he needs to go potty, he'll let us know. Um, yep. Yeah, really good. 
Okay, so um, Jimmy Wong, uh, yes. where can we find you on socials and things like that if anybody yes. wants to check you out? Yeah, check it out. So you can follow me on either Instagram or Facebook on Jimmy Wong Eats. Um, mm -hmm. That's the best one to sort of go to. I do have a private one, which we, we talk through, but, but Jimmy Wong yep. Eats is the, the main one. And yep. then you can sort of have a look at, you know, some recipes as well as some articles over in my website, which is www.jimmywongeats.com. Okay, good. Yeah. Excellent. So is there anything coming up that we should know about that we could possibly yeah. go to see anything like that? Yeah, so I am actually working on a number of things. So first of all, one of my clients um, is um, Delhi Door. They do home delivered food services uh, and all the photography there I, I do. So first of all, if you all those want some yummy food, go to delidor.com.au. Um, I am also working with, um, I'm the vice chair of Surrey Hills Business Partnership, and we're working with the city of Sydney to create this festival coming up in Surrey Hills. It's called Heart of Surrey Hills. Basically for the month of November, we've got about 40 venues that's doing specials, but also just to go and come and try and some of the best food and beverages that we have in Surrey Hills. So I'll give you an example. We have Burke Street Bakery. The very first store here is in Burke Street. Great. They're doing their pork and fennel sausage roll. They're doing their ginger brulee tart, which is amazing, by the way, a hot and cold drink for 15 bucks. That's good. That's great. So you've got Toki, which is a, a Korean um, izakaya. They're actually doing, if you do an early bird, if you get there before six o'clock, you can get for $15, two starters, which is a kingfish ceviche, small one, uh, a, a pork belly bao, and two half pours of uh, sake for 15 bucks. Pork belly bag. Uh -huh. Go and try. So there's going to be specials oh. like this all over uh, Surrey Hills for all of November. The uh, website is going to go live today. Um, okay. So, or, yep. And it, you can go to heartofsurreyhills.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you, Jimmy. Mm. That's Thanks, all right. Jimmy. Thank you. We would love to have you on again when you obviously you're free. Okay. Yes, thank you. Um, and you know, so we can we can move further on in discussions, and all we promise we'll stop asking you about MasterChef. <laughs> you can do whatever you want; it's okay. But, I can um, even give just... you some of the secrets of MasterChef if you like. Do you want one? Yeah, go. Yes. Listen. Okay, this is going to burst your bubble a little bit. You know how we get driven around the beautiful SUVs? Mm -hmm. We're not in the SUVs. <laughs> of course, you're not. <laughs> So what happens is that they've done the pre-recording and then um, we're in the green room and you've got to do a drive up. So you basically go outside that beautiful garden, you get into yep. these SUVs, they come in, it's like, get out. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so what, do, do they like mini bus you there or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Master Chef, we love oh, you. <laughs> Jimmy Wong spilling the tea on I Cook, I Cry. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for your time like we really appreciate you giving mm -hmm. us all of this time and we would love to have you on again so we could talk even more about everything okay great lovely to see you both lovely you to see you too and we will catch up very very soon yes yep. everyone okay. say thank you to jimmy wong jimmy Hi, thanks jimmy see ya all right yes we'll do local drag shows we have uh, Drag in the Dark, Darlinghurst Road, Grove Bar, Potts Point, 
every Saturday night, 8.30 p.m., with an immersive drag cabaret experience with Victoria Mammy and a different special guest each week because I had a look on the website. So, like, you won't recognise any of the queens, but it's drag and it's cabaret, like dinner, show, dinner, show. A different drag queen with Victoria Mammy every, um, each week. It's every Saturday night until October 29, and tickets are available on Humantics, Humantics, H-U-M-A-N-T-I-X. And I believe the tickets are between $55 and $80, depending on whether or not you want the dinner and show or just drinks in the show. We also have Death Becomes Her with Ella Warra and Roxy Horror at The Vault on the 21st of October, which is uh, in two weeks. At The Vault, the 21st of October and November 19th, tickets are $35. And coming up in November, we have Charismatic, who will be performing Soiree, the Drag Circus Dinner Cabaret, 11th of November, Club York. 95 to 99 York Street, Sydney, 6 p.m. to 10.30. I actually checked that out as well. It is a proper cabaret with proper dinner and proper show, and the tickets are $120 minimum, okay? But for $120, you're getting dinner and a show. Like, I'll, I'll take it. And then on October 14th, we have Bingo Balls for a Cause, 6 to 11 p.m. with Prada Clutch and in the Queen Victoria building in Sydney. Every Wednesday at the King's Cross Hotel, Maxi Shield hosts the Big Fact Hunt Trivia Night starting at 7 p.m. So thank you, everybody, for watching this week's episode of Drag Me Out. If you want to hit the like and subscribe button on the YouTubes, that would be great. Don't forget to follow us on Insta at Drag Me Out Official. If any up-and-coming drag queens, any regular drag queens, anybody from RuPaul's Drag Race drag queens, anybody like that would like to have a chat, hit us up in the DMs on Drag Me Out Official on Instagram. And thank you once again for listening to the episode. And thank you, Jimmy Wong. Thank you. Bye, Bye Jimmy. Bye. Bye.